Amen. Well, uh, so good to see your faces, or your eyes at least. I've missed seeing your, your eyes very much. And uh, for those of you online, what a privilege to be able to worship with you today. We have the great privilege right now of diving into a five-week series that well, during the pandemic, we've been very strategic in how we've been focusing our teaching. We've done some pivoting, trying to really make sure we're hitting where we need to really be hit spiritually. So we did things like uh, emotional, and we hit the heavy emotions, and then we really went into some stability around the idea of pizza and wings, where we said, let's get to some familiar passages. Well, even taking the pandemic out of it, I would say what we're getting into over these five weeks could be one of the most significant seasons of teachings that we've done really since I've been here and maybe in years. And so this is called the Upside Down Kingdom. It's one of the most important concepts to gather in your spirit as a Christ follower. We're going to come at it from so many different angles that I believe your spirit's going to truly be ministered to in powerful ways. And so with that in mind, the idea of Upside Down Kingdom is not a title we even came up with. Scholars have called the kingdom of God the upside-down kingdom for many, many years. Here's the reason they say that. Listen to some of these teachings of Jesus. Matthew 20, verse 16, for example. Jesus said, The last will be first, and the first will be last. I mean, where on planet Earth do you find somebody that says, I'm last, I'm the winner? Nobody says that. You see, that's upside down. That's what we mean by the upside down kingdom. Jesus said, whoever wants to become great must be your servant. What? And to be great? No, you step on people to be great, don't you? you? You climb your way to the top. You know, it's dog eat dog. No, 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 no. Jesus flipped it upside down. And he said, really, very clearly, the kingdom of God is filled with people who become great through serving other people. This is an incredible teaching. Or this one. This is Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is telling us if we follow his kingdom's way, you will be hurt for being righteous. When you do good, people aren't going to like it. That doesn't make sense. Or here's one last upside down. Whoever finds their life in this life will lose it. So if you try to hold on to your life, you're, you're going to lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake, they're going to find it. In other words, die to yourself. These are just some of the concepts Jesus taught. Now, if you think about this idea... This was not really a good strategy and sales pitch to get people to follow. I mean, if you were going to try to build a kingdom of people that start to follow you, <laughs> I wouldn't start by saying, you need to die to yourself, you need to be last, you need to serve others. I, I wouldn't do that. That doesn't make sense. But Jesus, he said, it's about the, really, my kingdom is not of this world. To put it really clearly, to talk about what the kingdom of God is all about, the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. That's what we're talking about. If you want to make it in this world, if you want to understand the significance of how to live in this world, you let Jesus be king over all areas. And when Jesus is king, he's going to tell you to do things differently from the way the world tells you to do them. 
He's going to tell you to serve, and he's going to tell you to give up control. Now, that issue of control is scary for so many of us, you know, because you think, how, how do I possibly give up control? I'm not very good at that. Control is kind of what I love to have in my life. I like to be able to own my life and do what I want to do. So how do I live in God's kingdom? How, how do I live for this incredible call that Jesus puts on our life to live in the upside-down kingdom? Well, it's kind of like a parent speaking to a child. How many times when your children are very young, if you have children or nieces or nephews and they get close to a hot stove, you just tell them, you cannot touch the hot stove. You cannot go on the road. You cannot chew on that. You, you cannot put your fork into the light socket. You, you cannot do those things. And the kid goes, why? And you basically have to say, you just don't. You're going to get hurt. This is not good for you. That's what Jesus is saying here. If you want to be in my kingdom, the rules have been turned upside down. I'll give you an example of the challenge of control. I, I was in college and really realizing that a Buddy and I were going canoeing down some whitewater rapids. They weren't in, intense whitewater, but they were enough because we had had a heavy, wet spring. The river was really flowing, and you had all this moving and shaking. And he said, hey, let's go canoeing. And I was like, are you kidding? We both had our own canoes, not kayaks, canoes. And I was like, oh, I've never considered anything like that. So we're on the back of it, and we're just kind of going, and, and we start going. It's real good at first until we started to get to some areas where there's a few boulders, and you have to kind of dodge around them. And about a half an hour into it, we get to some pretty heavy rapids. And, well, I went over twice in a matter of about 10 minutes. My butt, have you ever capsized a canoe? I mean, they're horrible. You can't ever get out again. So I'm pulling it aside, dumping it all over. I get back in and I start going again. And when it started to tip, I did something that my so-called friend didn't do. You see, he should have coached me, but he didn't. What he did differently from me was he just rode the rapids. I, on the other hand, being a control freak, on several occasions, threw my paddle down and grabbed on trying to do this. And your body weight, you almost, when you do that, become the rudder and your whole canoe flips upside down and you suddenly become the rudder and you're like, this is too much. And, and so finally he coached me and he said, you need to ride the waves. You need to let go of control and just experience the rush of the flow of the river. You just steer you don't control your way through it. It was a great lesson. And it's a lesson really in living in the kingdom of God. You say, I, I want to be great in this world. Jesus says, you've got to trust me. Like a parent to a child. Don't touch that stove. You've got to trust me. You let go of control by trusting me by serving other people. You let go of your life, and I will take you to places you could not get if you were not following me. This is what it's all about. The upside-down kingdom is really, in so many ways, completely different from any other way of living in this world. And it is the best and, frankly, only way to really live. So this series, we're going to get into how to really live in those ways. 
I, I want to give you the idea first. This week we're going to talk heavily about the upside down part. And the next week I'll get into the kingdom angle. And I think you'll really like where we go with it. But allow me today to just take us into what it means to live in this upside down way of thinking. The way the kingdom of God works is not the way your natural flesh desires. L let me show you what I mean. So this week I celebrated, some of you may, and thank you for the cards and any kind of Facebook posts and stuff, but I celebrated my 46th birthday this week. So that means that I am now, <laughs> no, that's not worth clapping over. Now that means I'm closer to 50 than 40. That means that I'm on the prospect, the great prospect list for AARP. That means they're starting to target me a little bit, you know? And, and so this whole aging concept is, well, it's starting to mess with me. And frankly, aging is, is not easy for all of us, I'm sure. But for me in particular, I, I don't know. So I've been learning about aging and how things change. For example, texting is going to change for me. Now what they say when you start to get over the hill... Now, these are, you know, what is BFF? This usually means best friends forever. This actually now means, for me, best friend fell. Or, or this one, BTW, by the way, usually means that, but now it means bring the wheelchair. Or, or FYI usually means, you know, uh, for your information, now it means forgot your identity. And now the LOL, now I've been told it's no longer laugh out loud, it's laugh out louder because I can't hear you. What I've learned about aging is that really two things have now happened or really occur. Uh, one, my memory is not as sharp as it used to be. And two, I've found that my memory is really not as sharp as it used to be. Those are the two things that I've found about aging that are tricky. So here, with that in mind, I, I want to kind of show you a little bit about how I've managed to, in many ways, deal with, well, the over-the-hill concept. So here's what you have. Let me just draw the over-the-hill, okay? So everybody says, when I turned 40, a friend of mine, a mentor, and I were talking, and I was really struggling with this idea of, I'm going to be over the hill. I'm turning 40. This is not good. And we should all have mentors because my mentor shared a concept with me that changed my life. And I want to share it with you right now. And it helps us to think in terms of living in a different mindset, an upside-down kingdom. You see, we are told that in life you have momentum years when you're young. So you have years that are filled with all these firsts. So you climb the mountaintop and you have all this energy, you know, the, the year zero to 40 or so or however that works out. And so, you know, you have that birth and you start breathing and then you have kind of the first time walking and the first time going to school and maybe then you get your first Facebook, you know, account and you get Instagram or you get, start getting excited about social media now. I didn't have that. It wasn't around when I was there, but it came later. <laughs> but maybe you have your, you know, the first time, you know, maybe going on some kind of a date. It's not really official. You're going out with friends to a movie, but your heart was racing. It's new. It's exciting. You've got all of these firsts. It's like momentum, momentum, momentum. It's so exciting. You get maybe your first car. 
You get, you know, uh, kind of some first major job where you start making your first income and you're so excited, you know, and for you graduates, you've got graduation and you're filled with all of this new and it's like, I can't wait for college and these dreams and you've got all these aspirations. It's like new, new, new. We celebrate you grads and we're so excited for you. And you think, oh, this is so much fun. And these are for real the momentum years. And then, you know, you get married, you have kids, you know, and all these first, just energy, 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 energy. Then you hit the top of the hill. (laughs) And it's kind of the same old job, same old spouse. Same old kids. And it's like day after day. Where's the newness? Where's the fresh? Where's the excitement? I mean, I had all these new, 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 new. It's all momentum. It catapults you up on top of the hill. And then what do you have to look forward to? I can't hear as well. (laughs) Aches and pains. What's going on with my back? I have to see a chiropractor now, you know, and uh, why do I have this? And and you start to feel pain inside, and it's like, is this it? No, AARP is real. It's coming my way, you know, and and you, what, what do you have to look forward to? Some of you, we, some of us feel that way. This is how we function in the kingdom of earth. But I got some good news for you. Christ follower, the day you followed Jesus Christ was the day that everything changed for you. For he invited you into an entirely different worldview. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is anywhere Jesus is king. So, In light of that, what are we told? In fact, it's worded this way in Philippians 3. But our citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship isn't on earth. You don't live for the things of earth. Your mindset should be changed. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him, he brings everything under his control. So with that in mind... Uh, what does God tell us? The kingdom of God is, what's the series title? Upside down. Okay. Well, let's, let's play with that idea for a minute. Flip it upside down. What if we take this idea of over the hill and we flip it upside down? What if, instead of thinking that you get to the top and you're now looking at just the same old, same old, same old, same old until you die. What if this is how the kingdom of God works? You turn it upside down. That tells me everything changes. Meaning, all of those experiences I had growing up were actually a pattern of learning and discovery 
and trying to figure out, okay, wh what does it mean to, to have attraction towards someone? Or what does it mean to learn, go to school? What does it mean to, to try to experiment? What is my job going to be? You start discovering things. In some ways, the kingdom of earth, think of all the times you got in trouble in life. It, it happened a whole lot more on this side of the curve if you're over the hill than on this side. So if you flip it upside down, then that means that these momentum years are actually years of discovery, of learning who you are and whose you are. So as you go through all of these new and brand new, okay, I'm going to get into the social media world, I'm going to get into graduation, and I look forward to the next things and school and all the family and raising kids. These are actually the years of, well, stumbling through life, trying to figure out what matters, what works. You test things out and you come to the realization, huh, I'm actually realizing all of these things that I did here were filled with a lot of control. My canoe was upside down half the time and I was drowning because I didn't know how I learned. In fact, I didn't even learn how I learned until I was in college. I mean, if I had known that I'm a kinesthetic learner, I had a counselor who took me through this and helped me to realize how my brain functions. I mean, I could have been a genius if I had learned this stuff. I need to learn by walking around, by moving, not stuck behind a desk. And so when I realized how I was functioning, then I would sit behind the desk, hear the lecture, then I would study my notes by walking around. Just learning stuff, figuring out who you are and whose you are. As I met Christ in this journey... The Upside Down Kingdom has actually now launched me into a whole new way of thinking. I'm not over the hill. I'm actually getting this momentum to launch me into being a citizen of heaven. So my best years are yet to come. As scientists even tell us, I've been learning through, we have a child with special needs and we've been learning about his brain and how it functions with Down syndrome. And we're learning that the brain, yeah, you may forget some things along this way, but your brain actually continues to grow in neuroplasticity through your whole life. Meaning all of these experiences give you momentum and the key, imagine you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. He now speaks through your mind. You have the mind of Christ. You have your spirit filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You now have all of this information and experience. The neuroplasticity, your brain actually can still form new synapses until you die. Which tells me, I'm going to be learning and growing. My best years are yet ahead to give me momentum launching me into heaven. So I'm not coming to the end of things. I'm just getting started. This changes everything. Now, this, uh, you think about, this is why it says in, in Proverbs 16, gray hair is a crown of splendor. It's attained in the way of, of righteousness. I, I almost wonder if right now during the coronavirus we're learning that, I mean, it's ironic the, the, the elderly population are the ones most at risk. We should be right now as a kingdom of God thinker and strategist living for the kingdom of God. We should be in our mindset saying, hey, I, I don't like wearing masks. It's hard to breathe, but 
I'm going to honor those. I'm going to change my mindset. And instead of being grumpy and yelling about all this frustration, the people of the kingdom of God should be the first ones to say, I'll do whatever it takes to honor those with gray hair. To honor those, my, my grandparents and other people's grandparents, and to care in that way. Instead of being a fighter and grumpy about everything, you see, the upside-down kingdom thinks differently, not just about aging, but about everything. This is just an illustration of how you should look at all aspects of your life. Flip it upside down. You filled with jealousy over someone? Flip it upside down. The jealous person thinks, I'm going to find a way to hurt them. I'm going to be passive aggressive. I'm going to find ways to, to watch them stumble and get, instead, the, flip it upside down. Look at it from a different perspective. I'm a part of God's kingdom, which is contrary to the ways of the world. If I'm jealous of someone, I should give that over to the Lord and then cheer that person on. Their success could be my success. Their joy should be my joy. It's, I know it's a different mindset. I get that. But that's what it means to give your life over to Jesus. That's what it means to ride the canoe of life down the rapids of life. And that day I was on just like an E1. We're on, our rapids are like five, six, seven level, however high it goes. I mean, we are riding some wild waves right now as, a, as a, not just Christians, but the whole world around us. But if anybody should be able to ride these kind of waves... It should be people who are a part of the upside-down kingdom. Do you have a, a sense of just fear? I mean, this is hard. We're in uncharted territory. Not one of us, not one of us can describe what's going to happen next month or the month after. So let's live as a people of God. Ride the waves flip it upside down and say, Lord, I feel fear right now. But when I flip it upside down, Romans 8.31, one of my favorite verses, says this, if God be for you, who can be against you? <laughs> Claim it. Graduates, if you get this concept of flipping the things of, of life upside down, you're going to have the most phenomenal life surrendered to the king of kings because at the scriptures promise us every knee is going to bow. The question is, when? And if you can have the courage to let go of the, the trying to control the, the ride of your life and just paddle and, and ride the waves of what God brings in, in the world that we live in, and trust that the Lord is going to give you, guide you. It's like that game of the trust fall. You know, if you've ever done that with a friend and you just fall back in, you trust those, that friend. It's the exact same thing. If there's ever a time to trust the Lord, it's right now. And I'm so, so grateful for the courage that you have to be able to say, I'm a Christ follower. I'm, 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 the doors are open. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to uh, worship. I'm going to celebrate the Lord in this way. I'm going to say, Lord, I trust you with everything that is in me. So that no matter where you're at in life, uh, your momentum years are yet ahead. Because that means every day you wake up is a new adventure. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? That's why when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, 
in many different parables. One of the parables where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a person who found a great pearl or they found a great treasure buried in their house, in their property. A property. That person went, they sold everything they had to own that piece of property so they could gather that treasure. It's like the kingdom of God is that which I need. I've been disoriented during this time. I've been so frustrated trying to understand, okay, which way is up? Which way is down? The news media is saying this and then uh, different, the CDC is saying this and I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, this is the moment in time where when everything's confusing to say, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna live for your kingdom, not mine. And so the Lord says, okay, just, just paddle. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to pursue the kingdom of God like a great treasure. I'm going to go and I'm going to dig it all up and I'm going to say, Lord, I want nothing but your kingdom come. Your will be done in this earth that I live in, in the mess that I find myself in. So if you find yourself just constantly just grumpy and disappointed and you want to retaliate at people who have hurt you, drop that, drop that, flip it upside down. Because until you have the courage to say, Jesus, be the king of your kingdom, not mine, Lord, Take the things of my life and, and I trust you. You see, Jesus shows us the kingdom of God will win and he will reign over any place you let him be king. So here's the question before every one of us. Uh, aging is just one small example. I'm closer to 50 than 40. So what? I gave it over to Jesus. So you're not going to see me with a gold chain and hair bursting out. You're just not. I'm not going to go into a midlife crisis. Probably because I can't grow hair. That's probably why it's not going to grow out. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to freak out about that stuff. Why? Because I gave him that area of my life. But what about finance? What about your emotions? What about your job? What about your fear? What about your family? We have a child who, who uh, there's some high need, there's high risk. He's immunocompromised. A lot of us have that in our families. So if we give him to the Lord every day. Lord, he's yours. Because your kingdom will always win. And so if there's ever a time to trust, if there's ever a time for faith, it's now. And it's so good. What a privilege we've been given. Which guarantees us our best years are yet to come no matter what comes our way. And so I'm going to seek after the kingdom of God like a buried treasure, like a great pearl. I'm going to seek it with everything in me. And during this series and for the rest of our lives, I hope you're willing to go with me and, and pursue this with all that we've got. Because when Jesus is king, we ride the waves and we won't drown. That's a promise in Isaiah. He promises us you will not be overwhelmed the waters will not flood you. You will overcome. And that gives me great hope and great worthy need of celebration. And so I want to pray over you right now. And whatever it is that you need to give over, uh, let's, let's lay this before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now. Lord, I thank you 
that you, you are the king. But my fear is that there's some of us watching online right now or there's some of us in this room who have not yet understood the significance of giving you kingship over all areas of our lives. I pray for our relationships. I know with being the stay-at-home orders, we've had a lot of strained relationships. I know that there's a lot of, a lot of anger. I know there's a, a lot of um, miscommunication. I know there's a lot of hurts. So Jesus be king. Flip that pain upside down and bring healing. Till the soil of our lives right now, Lord. I pray for those of us fearful of finances or, or job loss. Flip that upside down, Lord. Be king. You care for the birds of the air. You care for us. You know every hair on our head. We claim it right now, God. You know us deeply and intimately. Jesus, be king. Flip it upside down. Lord, I pray for the, the ways in which we uh, just um, hold on to control. God, give us the courage to let go, to release anything that we're holding on to, where we say, mine, I, it's mine. God, give us the courage to just release it to you and watch what you do with it. I pray today you give tangible examples. I pray this very moment you start to quicken our heart to uh, align with your Holy Spirit and show us your direction for our lives. You show us what you're going to do in the midst of this upside down moment emotionally. Turn it upside down in your kingdom, Lord, to make it all in many ways right side up for the very first time where things finally make sense. I pray for the person that uh, right now has never really thought about the significance of how much a life changes when it's surrendered to you. I pray that you'll give them the courage to say, Jesus, be my Lord that they'll repent of their sin and follow you with their life and that they will experience the fullness of your kingdom come right now on earth as it is in heaven. God, your will is going to be done for them. I thank you for the privilege of us gathering back together and for the complexity of what it means to reopen and the complexity and the emotions and the, the fear that comes with that. God, flip it upside down. Give us your perspective your momentum in our lives. It's in Jesus' name. It's a great privilege to be again as one unified, being able to pray before you. We bow our knees before your kingdom in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. And all God's children said, amen and amen.